Well, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and we're down here on bright, sunny Bondi Beach once again. It's blowing a gale. I've got the microphone tucked into my shirt pocket, and there's whales out to sea. How fantastic. You could, they're a long way off, uh, probably a couple of K out, three out to sea, but you can see them splashing and doing their tail flips, and oh, how dare they be enjoying themselves on such a beautiful morning when I'm walking the sand and not in the water. <laughs> hey, uh, today I wanted to have a quick chat because for those of you who are doing uh, get coaching and you get my um, text messages sent to you, oh, there we go, the microphone dropped out. Uh, I'll put it back in the cover. For those of you who get those texts, you will have seen a graphic, and the graphic is uh, brilliantly portraying the a difference between inspiration and motivation. I think it's really important to get this because uh, the truth be known, that's what we're working on. Um, a natural state of a human being is motivated. Uh, an unnatural state is inspired. The natural state of nature is inspired and an unnatural state of nature is intervention interventional which is motivated so when we say we want to live in harmony with nature or live like nature or follow nature's rules or be in partnership with nature or whatever you like to call it uh, inspiration is really what you're targeting but inspiration is vastly different to the default of being a normal person and I think that's one of the things that many uh, of the, let's say, observers of the work you might be doing, those people at work and those people at home who are observing you, won't get. Let me just uh, make it uh, a tad clearer. Ignorance is bliss, and therefore what we don't know, we don't know. So ignorance leads to motivation. Motivation is when we're unhappy with what we've got, we want something, uh, the more we want it, the more motivated we become. So the more unhappy we become with what we've got in order to go and get what we want, the more driven. So that drive is, is underpinned by some presumptions. One, when we get there, when we get what we want, we'll be happier. It's an underpinning, unspoken foundational belief pattern that says, I'm motivated by getting something because when I get it, I will be happier. Two, it's underpinned by the belief that there is a pleasure to be achieved in achieving something that's greater than the pain of going to get it. So we say, oh, I want a long marriage, and we go, there's a pleasure in that because we, we are motivated to do that. What we don't <laughs> Uh, believe, if someone were to say it, is that the pain of getting it will be equal to the pleasure of having it. And uh, so there's a, uh, in the process of, of buying into the whole motivation, there's a pleasure at the end of the rainbow. Um, there is a, a bunch of assumptions. The next assumption would be clearly for the majority of people that elation, which is uh, that feeling of high, 
some people in yoga call it bliss. Uh, elation is the same feeling most people would call the outcome of meditation or a yoga class where they feel high. They feel tranquility or some a state of uh, high energy, high, high cadence or high. And they would ca categorize that as having no negative consequence. But elation and depression are the same, are in the same family. So there's again ignorance or bl ignorance is bliss. We pursue and we're motivated by the concept of being happier. When we get something, we think we will be more elated, uh, which won't have any depression attached to it. So in other words, we say, when I get a pay rise, I will be so happy, I'll become elated, I will feel uh, more pleasure, uh, less pain, etc., etc. When I go to church on Sunday and sing a hymn, I become closer to God. So I become more, call it what you want, attractive. I become more uh, engaged or more blissful or whatever it is that we, we call that. And that has no negative downside. And in fact, it's an all upside outcome. Now that's uh, very equivalent to saying, you know, um, on TV, would you like to buy a set of stay sharp knives? And by the way, you get a set of saucepans. And by the way, you get uh, a video. And by the way, you get cooking, a cooking instruction book, and you get a knife sharpener, and you get a money back guarantee, and there's no downside. There couldn't be a downside because there's so many upsides. Go for it. And that's, again, religion. An, an one-sided equation which get rid of sin engage in good we motivate you we motivate you to behave in a certain way that we think is right of course all the religions don't agree on what is right and what they're motivating you to do but that's for most people uh, their blind side they don't they just blinkered and they say, my religion is the right one. And so we get product marketing, we get m motivational things to, when we go into sales, we say to people, here's all our product, here's what we want you to do. This is the behavior we would love you to engage in. And by the way, when you do all that, you'll get more pleasure, more enjoyment, more satisfaction, more profit. Whatever you define pleasure as, and there are many different definitions, because for some people, uh, happiness at a party is not pleasure, but another $1,000 in their bank account is extreme pleasure, and they're driven by it. And they become blinded to the fact that another $1,000 in their bank account is going to come. Uh, it isn't just a pleasure without a pain, it's going to cost a pain. And then they complain about the pain, which is called stress or duress or discomfort or distraction from the family. They complain about the pain, but celebrate the pressure, the pleasure. And that's again, ignorance is bliss. So motivation is the default for our society. And whether you're living in Iceland or uh, living in Tasmania or living in Africa or America, what, what, no matter where it is, uh, motivation 
is the default of the human condition. And the reason for that is that we all have a body. And this body functions on pleasure over pain. This, this is the, the function of the human body, functions on pleasure over pain, and that's uh, part of the construct of human nature and why motivation is the default. When we then go and complain and talk about why there is a lot of uh, mental health problems, why people commit suicide, why there's violence, why there's alcohol, why people uh, stay in places that are toxic and why people don't stay in places that could be good for them, why people get, go up and down emotionally, etc., etc., etc. We just drive to the single cause and that is the human body uh, is, uh, functions on a level of motivation that is in, in ultimate language ignorance. <clears throat> so if we're left without education, we're left without uh, feedback loops, we're left without any other resource out in the jungle, our body becomes, our hunger becomes the core driving force. Uh, then a lot of the moral codes that keep us sort of bounded and keep us separate would evaporate because the body seeks pleasure, which is food, um, energy, sex, its appetites, its stomach. It seeks pleasure, avoids pain. It is driven by a lopsided perception that there is a pleasure without a pain somewhere. So it's understandable that motivation runs the world. But when you stand up at some stage in your life and you say to yourself, I, you know, I've had a gut full of it. I, I've, I'm not sure why I would want to endure the hardships of work or why I'm not, I don't have a big enough sense of purpose. There's two people ran past me now with a whole beach and bumped me. <laughs> Pleasure pain. Uh, so that's uh, a, such a fascinating question as to when we get to a point where you say to yourself, I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't understand why I'm doing this anymore. It hurt too much or I, I, I'm not getting what I want. I, I, the promise, the promises I made myself, which is, you know, happy marriage, good job, lots of money, uh, are a hard work. And I'm, I'm, I'm not motivated anymore. You're basically asking yourself to break through ignorance. And yet the things that we go to in order to break through ignorance are ignorant. Motivational techniques, um, Maya Brig, uh, corporate training, uh, therapy, counseling, which promises to solve a problem and not create a new one, but to solve a problem and eliminate problems from a marriage. That is the promise of a therapist or eliminate problems from a person's life. And that promise is, is a motive. It's a motivational technique. It's marketing. And it appeals to us because we're so used to it, we don't even see the wood for the trees. To be inspired means you think in a way that nothing fucks around with your head. So if you stub your toe, you go, thank goodness. If you lose a few bucks, you go, oh, that's good, pleasure, pain. If somebody dies, you go, well, nothing ever changes. It just changes in form. Nothing's ever missing. You have answers. 
And those answers might at first seem so counter, uh, counter uh, societal, counter um, the mass, mass market. They, mass, they feel from time to time like you're the idiot and everyone else is the same one because they're all doing stuff and you're not. Or they're all talking about stuff that doesn't make sense to you anymore because you look for balance and they're all talking about the beauty of imbalance. So you sit there a little bit alone and you wonder to yourself, am I, am I, am I hurting people, hurting myself going forward with, an, with a headspace of inspiration or am I actually better off to go back into the state of emotion and engage with the people that feel I'm separate or disengaged or not involved or not in, 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 operating in their motivated paradigm. And so we start to uh, slide up and down the keyboard going, well, I'm motivated one day, but I'm not motivated the next. And then I'm inspired one day, but I'm not inspired the next. And we go up and down this thing going, I just don't know where to sit on the piano. And I think it's really important to realize that um, there's no right and wrong here, that motivation techniques are really good. If you've, you know, if you've got a, uh, a toothache, uh, that motivates you to act and go and get a, a go to the dentist. So motivation has its role. But if in decision making and life planning and thinking about your work and delivering services and using your energy and if love and if consciousness and not reacting to other people and being strong and being a leader and being a parent who doesn't uh, inject their children with the poisons of their own childhood and if all of this is important to you then you will gravitate always back to a state of inspiration after your motivation has done its work to, 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 for the day. So it, it, putting it in a really simple sense, three phases of every day. The first phase is problem solving. It, it, we all have uh, things we need to solve and the question will be are they really problems or are, or, or are they uh, uh, illusions of problems? And so someone might say, oh, there's something really bad. You go, well, before I go and function in, in a problem-solving mode, which is motivated, I'm going to make sure that this really is a problem and, uh, and decipher whether it's just somebody's righteousness or somebody's perception generating a problem that you're going to spend the whole day solving. And so you limit down the amount of time you spend in a day motivated, which is problem-solving. Problem solving is a motivational technique. Um, we, we have a problem, we're motivated to fix it, we come to the other end, we should get a pleasure which is a, a solved problem. That, uh, if it's a human problem, is very often a disappointment because people, once you solve one problem, just uh, create another problem. So we very quickly will lose energy and motivation techniques for things that are sustained, like a person constantly complaining, Motivation doesn't work because motivation burns us out and, and therefore it's only meant to be things like get to the dentist or hey buy food today or don't forget to fill the car with petrol. These are all things we use motivation for. So we spend a proportion of our day solving problems and we have to be careful that we don't spend the whole day. Otherwise we end up a Neanderthal and we end up not ignorant but acting ignorantly because once we have knowledge and we have wisdom and we don't apply it. That's, that's no longer ignorance is bliss. That's now self-sabotage. The second phase of the day, and it's, this is not sequential throughout the day, but the second phase is, of, so that's, the first phase is motivation looking down at the table saying, what problems do I need to solve today? 
The second phase of the day is looking in. Now, a lot of people spend the whole day looking in. Who am I? What am I doing here? Why am I here? Well, I don't understand this. I don't really... Uh, am I being a good person? Am I being a bad person? What's in it for me? I don't know if this is me. Am I, am I good? No, they spend a lot of time looking in, but looking in doesn't have to take all that long. It's not a time investment. Looking inward, to, inward towards yourself doesn't achieve very much, except it brings you to a state of absolute and pure, unadulterated ambivalence. Pure, unadulterated ambivalence is, I don't know, I, what you know is the more you know you don't know. So there's a connection to soul. There's a connection to soul. Now, what does soul mean? Soul means nothing. It means emptiness, a vacuum. It means empty space. So to find emptiness each day is to find soul. And that emptiness is not, uh, is not a, a quest to become better or uh, it's not motivating you to do something. It's not seeking anything. It's just finding soul. I find that experience, the emptiness, by walking on the beach doing podcasts, I find it where I'm completely empty and I just walk around talking and you can hear from the podcast it's not always logical or it's not meant to be structured. It's just a, 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 a stream of consciousness, which I think is really important to demonstrate that there is a space we can all go to where... There's merit in it, but it's introspective. It's looking within and finding the empty space within ourselves. And, and it's in that space that we recover, we heal, we, 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 uh, we find truth. And the, the interesting thing is Pascal, who's a great philosopher way back a long time ago, said that you can solve all human problems. All human problems are solved um, by sitting alone in a room by yourself sitting alone silently in a room by yourself. And his claim is that people are so afraid of being alone in a room and the emptiness that comes from it by themselves that they, they will come to the end of the day and fill themselves up with Netflix and alcohol and TV to avoid it, rather than just go, oh, you know what, I'm gonna sit alone, empty in a room by myself, without music, without anything, and just sit and just do nothing for 10 minutes or 15 or 20. I'm not even gonna cook a barbecue. So in that space, in that beautiful emptiness, which is for me walking along a beach with no ambition, no hurry, no rush, except my feet are freezing to get to the end of it. It's just, that's an empty space. And I, I, I think it's not an age thing. I think every human being on earth can learn to be alone and be in an empty space without entertainment, without uh, engagement and just sit quietly. Um, so that's the, that's the second phase. The third phase is looking up. And looking up, when you look up, you say thanks to the universe. So uh, uh, saying a prayer is, is basically thank you universe. It's gratitude. And reception from the universe is what would you like me to do today? And you look up to the sky or look out to sea as I'm doing now or, or stand on a cliff or in your back garden and you look up. It's very important to look up. You turn your head up 45 degrees, you turn your eyes up another 45 degrees, so you're pretty much looking vertically up and you say, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything I've got. And by the way, anything you want me to do today. You do that for 30 seconds uh, a day and you've spent the balance of your time in a state of inspiration. I think one of the things about golf is that if, there are good, go if good golf buddies will make a person look up a lot. 
they'll say, man, you're really blessed, man. But bad golf buddies will be out there solving problems. They'll actually take problem solving, motivational mode out on a golf course and drill it in even deeper and make a person even more ignorant and stupid than they were before they started the game of golf. So once you've learned the universal laws of nature, once you've understood the five principles on which the whole universe runs, that you start to question motivation. And if you stay, then if you don't spend the time out of a state of motivation, you know you're operating below your best. And then you start questioning because you're no longer ignorant um, and, and it's no longer bliss. All right, I hope this has been uh, fascinating for you today. It's been beautiful standing here. I hope you can hear the waves in the background. There's a lack of wind in the microphone and uh, everybody's happy. Take care. Bye.